You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Monday, February 5th. It is officially Super Bowl week. 49ers, Chiefs, we've been waiting all year for this moment, and it's finally here. Joining me to talk about it and all the latest, greatest drama to <laughs> come out of the, the last 12 hours or so is Weston P. Smith, as always, on a Monday. How you doing today, Weston? I'm feeling great, actually. Um, I'm sure the, the the nerves as a fan will set in probably as soon as we're done here and for the remainder of the week, but I, I feel great, and I feel like I am in the the presence of excellence, Steph. I know you probably beat this drum all last week, but I'd be remiss if I didn't get the opportunity just to congratulate you on recognition that is just so well-deserved for all of your efforts last week. To have your name come from the lips of the general manager during Super Bowl-related interviews and talking about his players, his team, um, I, I hope you walked away from that feeling vindicated for all the work that you've put in on all up for all of these years just to just to get that 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 moment I mean what's more special than that I, I I said it to you before I don't think anybody is more deserving of that moment and I'm sorry to take us down that path but if I didn't get my chance to congratulate you on that I'd, I'd be upset after we've spent the last 19 weeks together doing this show <laughs> Well, I I do appreciate that, Weston. It was it was definitely like overwhelming, a little un- unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the past few days, uh, you know, I was just coming back from the Senior Bowl and getting settled back into my nine to five. I was in a work meeting actually when I check my Twitter and see that you know freaking John Lynch mentioned me and as you said, a, a Super Bowl presser. Like what? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, but. You know, I always try to, you know, remind others. I I do have a pretty cool Nick Bosa impersonation and all that is awesome. But this is my baby right here, this podcast. So this means more to me than than anything else. I'm I'm glad that the impersonation is just a way for people to, you know, become familiar with my content, if anything. And that's the that's a cool thing about it. But yeah, man, it's it's Super Bowl week. We are yeah. here. I don't know about you, Weston, but I was uh, I was sitting on the couch. I was watching the live stream of the 49ers arriving at Las Vegas. It happened last night, Sunday night, and it was just cool to see those guys. It was very uneventful and anticlimactic just watching them come out of the plane and into their buses, but I don't know. I, I just live for that kind of moment. You got to savor this team being back here, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I like you was glued to it. Um, not necessarily in, from a live perspective, but certainly went back and watched every video from every camera angle relative to that. So funny because to me, like those scenes and even now, like the the pregames in terms of like players walking into the stadium, like it's become such a fashion focused trend, right? And like, I think I was more curious to see like, who's going to wear the most outlandish outfit. And then I don't even know which two players it was. It was, you know, it was dark. It was late when they got in, but you got guys coming on like in blue. I'm like, why are we not decked out in 49er colors right now? Like, I don't understand, but to your point, anticlimactic to, to say the least, but still just awesome. I think like when I, when I think of those moments, I think of just being a kid. And when, when you're a kid, right. Every, 
you're in your backyard, you're running around, you're doing things, you're pretending you are Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and like playing in the Super Bowl. And I think those moments make me remember what it was like to be eight, nine, 10, 11 years old. And they're probably in all of their feels, right? Just even walking off the plane, understanding what awaits them and the opportunity that awaits them. It's just awesome. Just awesome. And I can't help it, but like, hey, my team doesn't play in the Super Bowl every year, so I'm going to soak up every element of this equation, and that was just kind of step one in the equation. Yeah, definitely. And then for the guys who have been here before, I I think it's really cool for them to be able to get back to this moment because there's a lot of players who get to the big dance, who get to the Super Bowl, and they don't come back like they don't get a chance to uh, you know to try again and the 49ers at least a few of them have gotten that chance so uh and there's a couple players on the team who weren't part of the 49ers before when they won their first Super Bowl so like Traverius Ward for example you know he has Super Bowl under his belt as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs Logan Ryan you know has a Super Bowl already I know I'm missing, you know, someone else, but things like that, it, it's awesome for the team to have a few of those cornerstone pieces uh, of guys who have that experience. Um, but Weston, I was I was coming into this podcast thinking, hmm, we should probably read up on some of the quotes from last. <laughs> no, I was at the Senior Bowl, so I didn't really get a chance to like do a show on them. Let's talk about it. Let's talk yeah. about it. But then this morning, uh, there was some other stuff that that came up and you know the 49ers are a content machine we don't have to try very hard to (laughs) you know put out content they they put out the content for us basically and so what we learned as of this Monday morning is that the 49ers are not happy with the practice field at UNLV that is where the 49ers are practicing this week in the lead up to the Super Bowl the Kansas City Chiefs are practicing in the Raiders practice facility. Now, before I say anything further, I'll say this. For those of you wondering why the Kansas City Chiefs are practicing in the Raiders indoor facility and the 49ers are at UNLV, the Kansas City Chiefs are the home team for this Super Bowl. They are the AFC team. It switches every season, every Super Bowl. So next year, the NFC team is going to be considered the home team for the Super Bowl. So this year, um, the home team is the Chiefs. And the home team typically does practice in the hosting team's facilities. So that would be the Las Vegas Raiders. So that is why the Chiefs are practicing there. And the 49ers are practicing at UNLV. Last year, when the Chiefs were in their Super Bowl, they practiced at, I believe, Arizona State. So no one made us think about that. We didn't hear anything about the field for that one. This seems like a pretty isolated incident, you know, this year. I know there were other mishaps last year with the plain surface of the actual Super Bowl. Um, But for the 49ers, that is why they're kind of stuck in this scenario at UNLV. The reason I say stuck is because the options going forward seem kind of slim, but you know, let me rewind a little bit. The issue the 49ers have with this field is, is that it's soft. And it seems like it's more of a preference thing for the 49ers. They like to feel that it's a little more firm. Um, and what the NFL did 
last week they put down natural grass over UNLV's turf field. Now, I don't, I'm not like a field expert or anything, but uh, I feel like, of course, it's going to be soft because there's no time for it to like settle in or anything like that. And it's only been a week. You know, I read also as part of this article um, that, God, I don't, I don't remember his full name, but it's, he's J Jones nine on, on Twitter. He put out this piece and he mentioned that typically you go through all of this preparing of the field and having it approved back in December. Yeah. And the NFL was barely putting this field down last week. Yeah. So, yo. Are you surprised? Wait, Are you surprised? Uh, am, I, am I surprised that, you know, I'm disappointed. You are a multi-billion dollar, you know, business and you're in the business. You should be in the business of keeping your players safe. And that includes having a, you know, field in which players can feel safe playing on. And when it's that soft, that is concerning to me. Yeah, there's a number of elements that are concerning to me related to this. I mean, but I asked you the question, like, are you surprised? Like, are you shocked? And it's just because, like, think back to, like, the most recent Olympics, right? When they had problems with the Olympic Village and... And all this stuff, it's like you put on these grand scale events where the entire world is watching. And there just always seems to be a stupid oversight of something, you know, and this one just happens to affect the team that we root for. What I'm like more worried about is like, why isn't there necessarily like a true if the planning for this begins in December, let's say. Why isn't there a true backup plan? I mean, forget the field. Forget the condition the field's in. Like, just think of the weather right now in Vegas, right? And I know it's not going to be all week, but you got one team who is practicing and preparing for a game that is going to be played indoors, preparing indoors, right? And you have another team who's preparing for a game that's going to be played indoors, playing outside and practicing outside in the elements. Like, it's not apples to apples, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels different, but... um. I just don't understand the logic behind this either as to like, hey, we're going to lay natural grass on top of turf. I, too, like you, am not a certainly no turf management expert, and that wasn't what I went to college for by any means. But, like, I'm pretty sure grass doesn't grow into turf, right? I know it's like temporary (laughs) sodding, but, like, how how does it stay fresh? How does it plan itself and get the firmness right that a team might be in search of it just feels like a really gross oversight that should be easily rectifiable by having like an alternative site or an alternative plan in case something happens logistically which they clearly don't have and then it just becomes an inconvenience for both teams exactly if the the 49ers elect to split time with them at the raiders facility well, you know what? That also inconveniences the Chiefs, right? And that changes their schedule and their thing. So now this screw-up doesn't just affect one team. It actually affects your entire product that the NFL wants to be out on this field with hundreds of millions of eyes watching this game. You know what I mean? Like this this coming weekend. It's just – I'm not shocked. It's annoying. Like it, it's, it feels foolish that we're talking about something like this leading into the biggest game of the football season. I, I don't know. But I'm, again, there's not a single part of me that is shocked because 
the billion dollar corporations, they always find ways to cut corners and they always find things that are like to reprioritize things. And and yet here we are again. That's usually how they become multi-billion dollar uh, companies, right? They got to cut corners and get cheap somewhere, right? Um, So as far as the options that the 49ers do have, they did have a walkthrough earlier today. Now, the, you know, the team or the part of the team that was saying they weren't happy with the field. It was like the equipment team, guys who are, you know, typically in charge of the 49ers field, things like that, groundskeeping, all that for the 49ers. So as far as the players go, this was their first time earlier today uh, stepping onto the field. And like I said, they had a walkthrough. So it was fine for a walkthrough, but based on that, you know, they're kind of going to, figure out a path forward. Now, one option is bringing in new firmer sod, (laughs) but I don't know how much that really does for you. You could end up with the same situation there. Uh, They could continue practicing on this field, or they could try to work with the NFL and the Chiefs to figure out schedule. But like you said, um, Weston, that would require – the chiefs to then compromise a little bit and say, okay, we're going to practice here and have the facility from, you know, these hours. And then you can come later in the day and practice these hours. So for both teams, it becomes a bit of a, I don't know, disadvantage, I guess you could say, because then they're having to change their routine. Uh, As it stands, the chiefs aren't, (laughs) you know, willing to, to change their schedule in order to accommodate the 49ers just because they have an issue with the field. So you can kind of squash that as an option. And, you know, I I have no problem with the chiefs doing that. It's like, that's, that's their business that it, that's their practice facility. Um, You know, they don't want to change anything leading up to the Super Bowl. They don't want to uproot, you know, what they have going on there. I get it. That's fine. It just seems increasingly clear the 49ers might just have to suck it up for better or for worse. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but I don't know what. So I know the concern around shitty a shitty field and playing surface in general is just injury, right, and, and the health and yeah. the safety. But I'm also thinking to myself, like, well, how hard are either of these teams going at practice this week? You mentioned it in kind of the opening about like, hey, install was done last week, right? And they'll go through it and they'll dress rehearse and and practice. But like, you know, we're now 20 something weeks into the NFL season. Like you're not putting your player in a position to injure themselves in practice leading up to the Super Bowl. So I, I think that is probably the most logical decision. And I agree with you, like, Chiefs don't have to do anything. This is the NFL's problem, right? And if they want to play hardball, I would too. I literally yeah. would too if I was their team. Like, nope, let them figure that out. I'll take any of yeah. If it's an advantage, I'll take it. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we came here to win this game. But, you know, I, th- I, I, I hate to see the 49ers spend so much time worrying about this that it just derails, like, everything else. And this becomes, like, your sole focal point your sole excuse, whatever it is. And I'm not I'm not saying it's not logical. I'm not saying that they shouldn't complain about it and there shouldn't be a gripe because there absolutely should be. But I think at this point it's like, all right, we got to adapt. It is what it is. Let's change the focus and the focus is on this game. And 
for all seriousness, like putting your team in a position where they're able to enjoy some of these festivities as well with their families and everything else that Super Bowl week has to offer. Like put it to bed. If 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 you don't if you haven't come to a decision tonight on what the course of action is, that's a bigger problem than whatever the decision is that you're making in terms of like where you're going to go, how you're going to resolve this. I don't think bringing in new turf makes any sense. I is there just is there just sod farms laying around Las Vegas that I'm not aware, of? you know what I mean? Like where are you bringing this in? This sounds like a logistical nightmare to probably have the same problem when all is said and done, you know? Um it's unfortunate. Um but I you expect something to go wrong, right? It's, <laughs> you just you do. Yeah. Just got to roll with it. Yeah, and uh, Matt Barrows, who, you know, put out this tweet earlier that the Chiefs, you know, aren't really willing to change their schedule to accommodate the 49ers, also put out uh, a piece on The Athletic a little bit before we went live here, and it says, quote, the 49ers are leaning towards practicing at UNLV on Wednesday, though a firm decision on the week has not been made. Kyle Shanahan undoubtedly will be asked about the practice situation at Monday's media event. Yeah, the 49ers are probably preparing themselves for the media circus that is opening night of the Super Bowl. And Roger Goodell actually uh, spoke, um, had his presser, and of course was asked about the situation. He said they had 23 experts look at the field. All of them thinks think it's a playable surface just that it's softer than what the 49ers are used to. Um, but look, to me, that doesn't say too much because MetLife, for example, is uh, deemed a playable surface, but we all know it's not the best <laughs> playable surface. So mm, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, to your point, Weston, as long as the players can stay safe, I don't want this to be a distraction to the players either. I don't want this to be something where they feel like they have to practice different, where it's in the back of their minds. You know, that's that's what you don't want <laughs> leading up to the Super Bowl. There's enough distractions on these guys' plates uh, in the lead up to this game. You don't need to create another. So I don't know how the 49ers handle this going forward, but it's either going to be suck it up buttercup or it's going to be let's just practice entirely somewhere else. And I don't even know where that would be, but I guess, you know, we'll hear reports as they come in regards to that. Now, the one thing I really have had an issue with since all of this came out and you kind of touched on a little bit, you don't want it to be a reason for any excuses. And I'm already seeing fans like complain about this. And I'm already seeing things that people think it's like some conspiracy. Oh, the NFL showing us they just want the Chiefs to win. They didn't even know the Chiefs were going to be in the Super Bowl before they, when they decided where they were going to, you know, have this Super Bowl. And I'm sure they already knew the home team, like I said, the AFC team this year was going to be the home team. Uh, was going to be practicing at the Raiders facility. And the other team would probably be p- practicing at UNLV. It's not like they knew the 49ers would be that team. Again, it's just the 49ers have a preference, and and they've become kind of uh, you know plain surface snobs a bit because they've worked they've worked on their field quite a bit to to kind of know. Okay, this is perfect now. Like what they have over at in Santa Clara 
it's, it's great. It works for them now. But, you know, they've had some snafus in the past. Uh, so they've, they've figured it out. And now they just don't like the surface. So I don't want it to be an excuse. I, I just that's that's the issue I'm having with with people making it a larger issue than it is. And I don't want the 49ers to make it a larger issue than it is. I understand it could be a big issue if someone gets hurt, then that's catastrophic, right? Like that's really bad. Um, but I mean, you can't make it bigger than it is. Well, I'm confused here, Steph. You're telling me that the host of the Super Bowl didn't receive the script of the NFL and they didn't know who was going to be the home team this year, right? I'm, shouldn't they have known that the Chiefs were in the 49ers were going to be playing if this whole thing is scripted? I'm being facetious here. It's it's hard because it is. it can easily be an excuse. Easily be an excuse. It's just a matter of like the mentality. Do you want not want to make it. I mean, we can lump this in the same category as like, hey, listen, injuries happen during the season. You're going to make that an excuse or you're just going to, you know, next man up, keep riding and go fight and, and go play. It's sitting right on the fence because this is certainly something outside of their control. Honestly, if that's big, if it's that big of a problem, the NFL doesn't want to do anything about it. Say, fine, screw it. We're going to pack up. We're going to fly back home. We're going to go practice in Santa Clara. We'll see you on Saturday. Right. I mean, that would be within their right. Now, they won't ever do that because they're taking the lore of Super Bowl away from the players. And, you know, this week and the NFL doesn't want that to happen. But why isn't that not an option? Last I checked, what's that an hour flight? That ain't like flying back across the country. You know what I mean? Like if it's that big of a problem, say we're going to pack it up. Chiefs don't want to budge and don't want to let us in the facility. F them. We're going to practice on our home turf and we're going to come back. I don't know. You know, I'm just saying like. Have that 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 like mentality about it. You know what I mean? Like make a decision and live with that decision and roll yep. with that decision for your team. There, there was actually like Bonta Hill uh, earlier on 95-7 the game. He mentioned like he kind of heard about this whole field thing back on Friday, you know, so he, he heard some whispers and he mentioned like could be one of the solutions for them if if nothing else to just fly back to Santa Clara and and then come back before the game. I mean, it's a short flight. I mean, I I don't love it, but if it's that big of a deal, I mean, that's a that's definitely something they can elect to do. So, I found that really interesting. I guess we'll we'll know in you know, the coming day or so uh what the 49ers decide to do there. You take every distraction off the table, right? Exactly. <laughs> Anything that you're worried about with that could happen during Super Bowl week, you go back to Santa Clara. Like, you don't have to worry about any of that happening. But not fair to the players. Part of this experience is the experience. It's not just the game, right? I I, I say this to people all the time. They're like, why are you like they, they feel like I'm calm for like my normal demeanor when it's like my team is playing in the Super Bowl. And I'm like, listen, I more than anybody want my team to win the Super Bowl. But getting to the Super Bowl is a massive achievement as well, right? Like only two teams do it every season and we can go down the line and start naming teams that haven't done it in forever or haven't done it in 20 plus or 30 plus years, right? So like it's an achievement in itself and they deserve to like enjoy this and, you know, it's in Las Vegas. So it's it's not like when it was in New York City in my own backyard when it was like nobody even want like trust me, no player wanted to be part of that experience. The game's in New Jersey, it's in New York City. Like this is in Vegas, probably the equivalent of being like the Miami based Super Bowls or you know, LA Super Bowls, like just gonna have a different 
different feel to it. So they, they deserve to be there. I would never want them to to leave. But if it's that big of an issue, just remove all the guesswork and take it back home. Yeah, um, I guess just like I said, it's already been a huge topic this week. Just already too much time spent on it, right? Is the way that like you know, so that's like how I'm feeling, right? It's like that's that's more, and you know, the players are going to get questions about it in the yep. in the media availability they have in a few hours, which you know they're going to get asked about a bunch of useless things, <laughs> you know, in in that session, but. You know why? Why the field? Let's let's just take that out of the conversation. And um, yeah, shout out to everyone who is in Vegas right now and heading out there. Shout out Vince; he's gonna try to meet uh, Rob and Levin. Uh, that's awesome. Say hello for me. And yeah, I mean, I'm sh- sure that'll be fun for any fans who are in attendance watching. You know, the 49ers answer some, you know, questions. The media circus that is out there that should be, but. Thing I wanted the 49ers did their game install last week, and that was because they they kind of wanted to act as if they had a game yesterday, like Sunday, you know, like one week of preparation for a game in their mind. The Chiefs did the same thing, um, and I think that's smart for for both teams. I'm sure that's more or less kind of standard. Uh, you know, for teams going into the Super Bowl because you have this week of this circus, this media circus, and you have these obligations really to to do. So you're not always focused on practicing this week. It seems like it's it's two weeks of preparation. It's really not for these teams. I mean, there's a couple days. Yeah, not even a week. It's a couple days. Seriously. So it's actually you know pretty smart for both of them to prepare the week before and then if they feel like there's any tweaks needed they they can do it then Andy Reid by the way 30 and 7 coming out of a bye week um and I saw a report earlier you know the NFL network talking about both teams are talking about you know the Chiefs and and this record of Andy Reid out of the bye week and they said the reason that he's so good is because he does the install in the first week and he doesn't change it like after like that is it he's not you know making little tweaks let's just do this they're pretty much preparing and perfecting that game plan and practice you know the two weeks basically so i mean that that's what you got to do right so i'm excited for the chess match yeah totally i mean listen to high level play callers in, in, in this game but Andy's always been able to to do that and take that approach because he's always played from the position of power in my eyes right like very rarely has Andy Reid been coaching the inferior team coming out of a bye whether it's regular season postseason whatever it is so it's it's the old utilage of like we've said this many times this year talking about the 49ers about like just go play your game. Your game is better than their game. Like you dictate the flow of the game. And Andy believes that his team is better than the team he's going to play. So he can confidently put that install in early and not change it. Cause he can say, we're going to go out and play our brand of football and nine out of 10, that's going to be enough to win the game. Right. Like in that, and we're going to be ready and be prepared, but you have to put it in that week before think of, think of the logistically speaking, what goes on. You just saw a comment up on there about like media obligations, right? Like that is definitely part of this. We all remember Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined, right? Like 
you have to be there. It's a, it's part of it's an exercise in accountability. But then you also think about it from the player's perspective. The week prior to departing for Super Bowl week, logistically, who's coming? How many tickets do I need? What flights mm-hmm. are they on? Where are yeah. they staying? Where's the team staying? There's just a lot that goes into right this that, that has nothing to do with football at all, right? So like you got to you can only confidently check those boxes and handle that let that portion of the the business trip that you're on right now is if you get the the football out of the way right and the football out of the way is like let's get this install in in the next two or three days let's all make sure we're feeling confident about it then we'll go handle logistics then we'll arrive and then we'll execute and we'll fine-tune things in those small practice windows that you have the week of it but you know they're Plus or minus a trick player or two here or there. There's plenty of tape on both these teams. Both coordinators know, like Steve Wilkes knows what Andy Reid wants to do. Spagnola knows what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. There's enough tape out there. Who's going to execute? That's literally what the Super Bowl comes down to. Listen, the Philly special, whatever it is, there'll be a trick play. Somebody has got something up their sleeves. I promise you that. But the rest is like, go play the brand of ball that got us here. You know, and then what in-game adjustments are we going to make? Yeah, that that's pretty much it. And yeah, you know, Steve Wilkes, when he spoke with the media, um, you know, a few days ago last week, um, he he talked about, you know, you you they were going back years uh, of this Kansas City Chiefs team, you know, and a lot of it is, is the same. Of course, there's some new wrinkles, but you gotta look at everything. And so yeah, they've they look at everything, and you can imagine the Chiefs are doing the same thing uh, when it comes to the 49ers. Now, going back to something we talked about earlier, the 49ers having some of these vets on the team, some of these guys who have been here before, you know, in Brock Purdy, one of Brock Purdy's pressers um, last week, he was asked, like, if he's gotten a chance to talk to, you know, some of those guys uh, who have been here before and just try to get a feel for what to expect, Super Bowl week, and he he said he's talked to a bunch of them through the last few weeks and, you know, even leading up to the playoffs and all that. Um, asked him about you know, big games, moments, what their mindsets are. And so it seems like he's seeked out that help, right? He's seeked out that advice instead of, you know, some. I feel like sometimes – okay, like guys aren't on our team. I'll just wait for them. One of them to say something to me or just say something to the entire team, see what they have to say. But it really seems like Brock is trying to seek out that advice. And I really love that about him because not only is he like, we we see it, he has like the mental fortitude for these kind of moments. Like I don't think any of the Super Bowl stuff, all this media stuff is really going to distract him all that much. But I, I just love that about him. Like he's, He's seeking out help. He said he talked to Kurt Warner. He he's talked to Steve Young um, just about their experiences and stuff. And he's going to reach out to Steve Young again. Uh, so that's just something I, I really appreciate about Brock, because I don't think every player goes out to actually seek that no. advice. No, in the NFL, in these scenarios, First of all, this is, uh, to your point, another thing to love about Brock and to show you that between the ears, like he is definitely the guy. Successful people mimic successful people, not just their successes, but their behaviors that 
you know, a tribute to failures, right? And successes and to learn from those examples. I think Kyle hit the nail right on the head, though. When you think about the guys on this roster that played in that 2019 Super Bowl, 20, in the 2019 season, 2020 Super Bowl, Fred Warner was in his second year. Dre Greenlaw was a rookie. Debo, rookie. Bosa, rookie, right? Like these were young guys that now have that experience under their belt. And then years experience in this league of, you know, high performance and success and for Brock to go actively seek them out to understand, like, that's what you that's what you want from the leader. Like, I feel like Fred and Dre and some of these guys are probably also walking around, like grabbing everybody they can, putting their arm around like, hey, don't F around when we're in Vegas. Right. Like, don't make the same mistakes we did or whatever it was like. They got to go find them. Because they want you to be thinking like them. It's a great sign when your quarterback is already like thinking beyond them and wants to like get their their opinion in the matter. It just it shows what everybody's talked about. And he's just mature beyond his years. You know, he's not your typical 24-year-old kid. Like if I was a 24-year-old kid playing in the Super Bowl, you'd have to be worried about if I showed up to the game. You know what I mean? Like, let alone like seeking out advice. Like, I know what I was doing at 24, and it was certainly not getting prepared for a Super Bowl. Right. Um, he's just different. And yeah, uh, stuff like that just builds confidence in the guy. And, and you know, good news place for the San Francisco 49ers. There's plenty of people that he can go dip from teams of the past to, to go figure out like their Super Bowl mentality and what they did. And Steve Young's a great place to start. Kurt Warner, even better. Right. Multiple. <laughs> like a, When I heard that name, when I read the article, I was like, oh, OK. Like, I like yeah. that a lot. <laughs> you know, that. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. And they they kind of come from the, their paths to where they are or where Brock is right now. It's kind of similar. There's there's some similarities there. So even that could help totally. in, in wanting to get the the right advice from from guys like that. Yeah. I remember Sherman like some months ago you know, kind of, I think it was in the interview he had with Jair Brown and he was like, yeah, like in that 2019 Super Bowl, some guys might've had, you know, a little too much fun. Like, I don't know if those were exact words, but he insinuated guys had a good time (laughs) out there. And I mean, sometimes that does kind of impact your, your preparation for the game. And like we said, the game plan has already been set, you know, they're, they're not uh, beating a dead horse, going over the same things over and over in their head. There's such thing as over preparing, but like healing your body as well and making sure your body's on point too would require you to be in bed at like 8 p.m. Isn't that like when Nick Bosa says he goes to bed at like 8 p.m. every night or something like that? And I know damn well in Vegas, you got like, you got events that start at like 11 p.m openers to like shows or whatever they have at the clubs don't start till like 1 or 2 a.m it's like yeah i know you're not getting a good body rest out there if that's what you're doing but no i mean the 49ers are staying far from the strip so hopefully that deters mm. uh you know it's easily accessible um (laughs) and listen Trouble will find anybody. You don't even have to be looking for in out there. Uh, it's but I, I think you I think every team, this is their concern going to the Super Bowl. Chiefs are gonna have the same concern, right? Like 50% of your team is probably locked in, right? The veterans that 
want to win this game or whatever the, the different mentality is. And the others, you know, like uh, not even knocking them. So these are young guys with more money than they'll ever know what to do with. And opportunity literally is waiting for them everywhere that they turn their head, whether it's a good opportunity or bad opportunity. I don't know, but it's there, right? Like, I guess that's in the eyes of the beholder. And it's always a fear, you know, like it's always who was the player? Eugene Robinson. Do you remember that? Like back in the Super Bowl where like dude just didn't even show up to the game. You don't remember this? Oh, when was that? Oh, my God. I'm Googling this right now. Like he just like legit like lost his mind. And show up. That's bad. Jesus, I'm that's what so you don't. That's what you don't want. <laughs> no, but this is like Eugene Ron. Where is it? I'm gonna it, find. It's the reality, it though. I mean, it it could happen to anyone. You know, anyone who isn't careful. Uh, oh, here it is. The night prior to the Super Bowl, Robinson. So this was Super Bowl 33. So we're talking about 97, 98. Robinson was arrested by an undercover police officer for soliciting a prostitute. Earlier that day, Robinson received the Athletes in Action Bart Starr Award, given annually to the player who best exemplifies outstanding character and leadership on the home, on the field, and community. After the arrest, Robinson agreed to return the award. The next day, without much sleep the night before, due to the incident, Robinson gave up an 80-yard touchdown reception to Broncos receiver Rod Smith, giving the Broncos a 17-3 lead. Like, that's the story dude, you don't want to be was, hearing about. Dude was like hung over <laughs> the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, and this ain't man. 1970s MLB where like the players tell you they did their they played their best game like hung over smoking cigs in the dugout, you know what I mean? Or like different a, back. <laughs> a bump of of the white powder to go out there and and throw the arm. Like <laughs> it's just different. People are built It's it, it's a cautionary tale and no matter what, like guys will hear every time like don't don't do this like you know watch out watch out for this don't get too crazy but it happens every single year and like you said i mean it happens for both teams right it's just about okay who's a little bit like smarter about it who's a little bit more you know maybe i shouldn't i'll just say this like the club is gonna be there the club is gonna be there the next weekend i i promise you it's not going anywhere you can catch a show a dj khaled you know dj set the next week or the week after that i promise you you're you're gonna be okay that's that's my only i I know the players i'm sure they listen to my podcast right you know religiously but that's so that's my parting note to them before (laughs) they embark uh in this super bowl you know speaking of along the lines of all of this you know the 49ers have been getting a lot of questions last week about effort 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 and is especially like on the defensive side right because we've all seen it especially the last two games in the playoffs that they've had uh, against the Packers and especially against the Lions um is it a bit of a red flag for the 49ers to be getting questions about effort like a week before the Super Bowl like you normally wouldn't really see something like that it's just I just thought it was interesting. I might be in the minority on this one where I'm like not trying to blow this out of proportion. Um, it's not ideal that you're talking about effort, but here's the reality of what happened. You can watch any football game 
And if you watch it carefully enough, you will see players take plays off. Wide receivers do it all the time. They walk off the ball. They don't sell that, you know, it's a pat, you know, sell the pass when they know the ball's running and defenses react to it. It happens every game throughout the game. The problem here is you put that on tape, and it just so happened to be those effort plays that were taking place during big plays where every the touchdowns, things are getting scrutinized. If that was a four-yard gain and Chase Young just like walked by and like waved an arm at him and missed him. I promise you, nobody would say a word about effort, but it's a big play and it's on tape. And honestly, the coaches are probably just like annoyed that they have to address this to the media. Like they saw it on tape, they saw it and they addressed it in their room on the next day, right? When they all get together and go through the film, like the players are probably making fun of each other. Like, Chase, what was that? bro you know what i mean like I this is so. how they clown on each other but <laughs> again i'm not trying to blow it out of proportion the 49ers don't have an effort problem on their defense just some of those things showed up on film and like during inopportune moments but i assure you go back and watch the kansas city game you know against baltimore if you watch closely enough you'll find somebody walking you'll find somebody waving an arm and you'll find something happening. What I do agree with that was said is, is Kyle's comments. And th- this is like football 101. If you're waiting for somebody else to make the tackle, bad things are going to happen. Or, yeah. hey, you play half speed, that's when people actually get hurt, right? So if you're playing afraid to get hurt, you're going to get hurt because it's a violent game that moves really, really fast. But the, the, the problem here is, again, Kyle's quote, if you're waiting for somebody else to make the tackle, that's the problem, right? Like, just go out there and, and and hustle. And you know what? Kind of glad maybe this happened because someone like Chase Young, who we've been a little bit worried about over the last few weeks, you know, like the his performance is like, maybe that lights a fire. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe he doesn't care. But maybe it does because I know he's going to be out there, you know? Like, you want him playing, even if it's minimum reps, you want him playing hard on every rep. But the truth is, is like football is an exhausting game, Right. And they all find moments to like catch their breath in game on the field. Like they give every ounce of effort, every single play. This isn't Madden where the fatigue is turned off and injuries are turned off. This is the the real world. And, and players dog plays all the time, all the time, all the time. It just happened in the NFC championship in an opportune moments. And that's why we're talking about it. Yeah, and that's why it was a huge topic. And even John Lynch was asked about it. And based on all of the answers from Kyle, Wilkes, you know, all of them, it seems like it was definitely addressed, maybe even sternly <laughs> addressed, you know. And so I, I don't expect it to to be an issue. I actually like what John Lynch said as well, along with one of the, you know, Kyle Shanahan's quote was a great one. John Lynch said, effort is non-negotiable. And I mean, yeah, that's yeah. Great. thanks, Lynch. Like you said, what we were all kind of kind of thinking. I mean, you especially in, in the playoffs in these moments when it's do or die, like you you have to to put in effort. Um, and Steve Wilkes said, as a team, I could tell you as a defense, it's unacceptable. And you know, he he went on to say that they talked about it and yeah, it, it's not their standard. You know what other people I saw someone else bring up is D'Amico Ryan's had his um I think it was Swarm, right? Was his kind of thing, Swarm, and then uh Robert Sala had all gas, no breaks. 
they don't really have like a mantra, <laughs> you know, this year. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's what's missing. I, it's like a mindset thing. It's like a identity thing. And yeah. this defense doesn't have the identity maybe it did in the past. It's still like a really good defense. And it's part of the reason why, you know, they had the record they did and they're here. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe they just need a mantra for the week <laughs> heading into the, the Super Bowl. Maybe that'll help. I just feel like they take on the the identity of their defense coordinator, right? I mean, Salah and D'Amico were very similar and just very passionate guys flying up and down the sideline. Swear to God, if you gave them a helmet, they go out there and be like, this is how I want it done. You know what I mean? And Steve Wilkes is just not that guy. He's just different. You know, he's it's a different, a different approach. So I'm not like shocked that there's no like cliche catchy like mantra related to it i'm sure it's more of like gentlemen you're professionals there's a different expectation here like play to it it's that simple right like it's that simple um but as a fan i want something to latch on to like i loved all gas no breaks i was like using that in everyday life like everything i was talking (laughs) about it like i just couldn't let go of it um but these are these are things that you know like also make me bring up like is 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 steve wilkes the guy like is he the long-term dc here he's not going to get a head coaching job here like are these are these little things gonna contribute to like you know when the players are like well we didn't have like we lack that motivation like they you know i honestly think they used to look forward to like when they'd make a big play coming over to the sideline the first person smacking them on the rear or headbutting them or whatever was their like defensive coordinator the most emotion i saw out of wilkes all season was on that one busted play. Who, who was it against on the sideline where he just like turned oh, and yeah, like yeah. threw mm-hmm. the paper. That was it. Like that's literally the most emotion you saw out of that guy all season. So it's just different. It's different. Um, but it's hopefully different, they embody yeah. a little bit more of Salah and D'Amico um, pregame. It, it's, hard to, <laughs> it's hard to replicate the energy of Salah and D'Amico because I feel like even now across the NFL, they are – two of two of two because <laughs> no. they're, you know, they're like the only two guys that I think like show that much emotion and, and maybe they've even reeled it back. Right. Cause now they're head coaches. Yeah. Um, but I don't see a lot of defensive coordinators or just any coordinators really get down like that on the sideline and, and have that much emotion and, and fire up their players like that. But clearly something the 49ers were very used to and, I think it's been an adjustment. I'll, I'll just say that for them. It's been an adjustment. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind the all gas, no breaks being back for the week. Like let's, let's bring something. Let's bring um, it back right now. I swear right I was now. still saying that one year ago when it was D'Amico and that wasn't exactly his mantra, but you know, I think in some way it kind of was to swarm. I mean, they're going to have to swarm this week when it comes to tackling Pacheco, Kelsey, and Mahomes, right? <laughs> you you better swarm for those guys. And you know, it's not done until it's done. It's, uh, it, the 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 re I, I'd like just listen. I like always go back to like what what I was taught, right? And and people and I was coached by people who coach in the NFL right now. So I think I was a be- the benefit of being coached by at a young age, being coached by guys that are like literally in the league doing this right now. And it was all about like, we don't care if you make a mistake, just make it moving at 120 miles an hour, right? Don't make it walking. 
And that's all they're saying. That's all D'Amico's saying. That's all Robert Sala's saying. It's just disguised in creative language. All gas, no brakes, swarm. It's the same thing. Mistakes will happen. Nobody plays perfectly. Just make the mistake going as fast as you possibly can and trying to do the right thing, not walking on the football field. <laughs> yeah, no no walking. That's for the reps and, you know, the unathletic people like myself. Um, but, man, I mean, we have a hell of a week ahead of us. I know, you know, this Monday show wasn't like our usual format, but we had fun anyway because we're talking about the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And like I said, 49ers always give us some content <laughs> to talk about. Like, we ain't even got to try. Uh, make sure you guys like this video if you haven't yet. Appreciate all of you who tuned in. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet because, of course, there's going to be a lot of content leading up to the Super Bowl. The 49ers are going to be speaking in a few hours uh, with the media, so we'll get a lot of content with that. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Bully Ball with uh, Jason Aponte on the Gold Standard Network and all my channels is going to be – going up tomorrow morning. So tune into that, hit that notification bell. So, you know, when I go live, make sure you hit up Weston's channel as well. Weston, let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah. On YouTube, we're talking football, um, real nice and, and simple. I'm not going to lie to anybody here that goes and checks it out. I'm you're, it's probably going to be silence for me for the remainder of the week. As I get into my mental preparation to, <laughs> to watch this game but i hope the next time you see this tony hawk look-alike face as we identified last week is on a victory monday post super bowl here with staff i'm i'm Let's speaking go. it to, into existence I like um, it. because nothing would bring me more joy um you might see a grown man cry on a podcast i don't know if that's ever happened but it's it's possible that happens <laughs> um but yeah steph i i'm actually really looking forward to all this stuff i i go into like my shell but that doesn't mean i'm not consuming everything that i possibly can it's just like i just like i, I lose words i just want to listen and soak yeah. it all in and i'm excited for everything you got going this week Oh man, thank you. And and last comment we'll get to hear Peter Lee. This 2023 season comes full circle. Niners began their preseason at Allegiant Stadium against the uh, against the Raiders in week 1 of the preseason and now they face the final test against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl at Allegiant Stadium. I love it. Full circle. And I got to remind you guys too, the last time that these two teams played in the Super Bowl and the 49ers lost we went into lockdown. The The world was chaos. It was an election year. It was a very forgettable like few years from that point on. The 49ers need to close the loop, and they need to settle this once and for all. So they got to get this win. And, uh, yes, we'll be getting a tattoo of ladybugs, you know, <laughs> once the 49ers get this win. Uh, but, yeah, guys, appreciate all the love. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like this video. But for now, have a good rest of your Monday night, folks. Peace.